Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. lesson this morning in the sermon text comes from the Gospel of John. It is the 20th chapter, and we're going to take a look at verses 19 through 31. Again, this is John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. It says, When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, And that through believing, you may have life in his name. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, have you ever heard the phrase, take a breath? It's advice that maybe you have received or maybe even given when there is a circumstance that is full of anxiety or worry or difficulty. It's meant as a way to not feel rushed, to be at ease, to find some measure of calm, some measure of peace in whatever storms might be surrounding you at the moment. Having grown up in and around sports my entire life, it was a phrase I heard often from my coaches. Before taking a free throw in basketball late in the game, take a breath. Before stepping into the batter's box in baseball late in the game, take a breath. 
Binding up on the starting line, waiting for the gun to go off for a cross-country meet. Take a breath. I remember when I was 18 years old playing American Legion baseball for a little tiny town outside of Winston called King. King post 290 was who I played for. We had a game late in the season against a bunch in Asheboro. In fact, we played at their place. And I've told you before from up here that I was a pitcher, and typically I was a starting pitcher, but for this particular game, I came in as a relief pitcher in the last inning. We were up by one. They had a tying run on second. After I took my warm-up pitches, the coach got my attention and looked at me, and he said, take a breath. So I nodded at him. And I got on the mound, and I got in my stretch, and I looked at the catcher, and he said he wanted a fastball down and away from the batter. So I did throw a fastball. It was not down and away. <laughs> and that guy hit it about three miles. Yeah. <laughs> it was one pitch. Game over. We lost. And as I walked off the field, the coach called my eyes, and he looked at me, and he said, maybe next time, take two breaths. <laughs> now, friends, that's a funny example, but our lives are not games, are they? Everybody in this room faces or will face some kind of trouble, some kind of storm, some kind of situation, some kind of circumstance that brings with it worry or fear or sadness or hopelessness. Maybe a medical diagnosis, it might be difficulty within a relationship, it might be financial concerns, it might be family issues, it might be concerns with the health and well-being of a loved one, it might be a job situation. This thing called life, friends, presents us with many, many opportunities for times of trial, trouble, and tribulation. And so we may be left wondering where we can find hope in the hopelessness or strength in the weakness or peace in the storm or joy in the sorrow. And so this morning, friends, my offer to you to take a breath, but to take his breath and receive the Holy Spirit. You see, all this week, friends, and trying to get ready for this morning, I couldn't get away from verse 22 that says, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. As I read over this passage, I thought I was going to talk about the fact that it's kind of unfair to call him Doubting Thomas, but really all he was was Absent Thomas. <laughs> or about how he really wasn't any different than the other disciples. I mean, the women told them they had seen Jesus, but they didn't believe them. Until they saw it with their own two eyes. But God kept pointing me back to this verse. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Because friends, Jesus offers that same gift to us this morning. The question is, are we willing to acknowledge receipt of him? Are we willing to take him? And are we willing to let him direct and inform everything we do, everything we think, and everything we say? This gift of the Holy Spirit, friends, not only can bring us peace and calm and strength and hope, it is our calling to an entirely new life while on earth. I want you to notice three things that Jesus did and three things that Jesus said in our passage this morning. 
The first thing Jesus does is he enters into the space and is present. He appears to the disciples who have locked themselves away from the world out of fear while they are struggling, while they are mourning, and God shows up. God will always show up. We can try to lock the doors, friends, but God will always show up. In the midst of hurt or anger or sadness or doubt or regret, whatever it is, God shows up. We have to recognize it. We have to be willing to stop, be still, know that he is God, and know that he is here. Jesus' first words are a blessing of peace. He appears among this mourning, shocked, afraid, maybe even a little bit angry group of fellas, and he says, peace be with you. These words are part of his purpose in being present. We can know peace because the resurrected Lord is with us. It's kind of like those bumper stickers or billboards that all of us have seen. The first line says, no Jesus, no peace. But no is spelt N-O. Right below it, no Jesus, no peace. But no is spelt now K-N-O-W. Right? There's a difference. The second thing Jesus does is to show himself to be physically real. That he is the actual person that the disciples know to have been their rabbi. He does this by showing them the marks of his wounds from his crucifixion. Note how the disciples responded to this proof by seeing it was Jesus by rejoicing. Friends, in our context, when Jesus shows himself to be physically real, it'll be in the form of our brothers and sisters around us. It'll be those helping hands or words of advice or hands on our shoulders or deep embraces that we need at the very moment that we need them. Our friend Lee Hook, who just had back surgery this week, texted me this week. He says, you never know how many friends you truly have until you go through something like this. He has seen the real presence of Jesus in all those that have reached out to him and his boys this week. Are we willing to allow others to be the hands and feet of Jesus for us? Are we willing to be vulnerable enough to see Jesus. Having intimately revealed the marks of his crucifixion sacrifice to them, Jesus again speaks words of peace. And I wonder if it'd be fair to see this as Jesus communicating to the disciples the fact that he forgives them. He gives them peace even though they abandon him. We know that Peter struggled with how he acted on Good Friday. I don't think it's so far-fetched to think the other disciples felt much the same way. The feeling is likely familiar to many of us. But Jesus spoke words of forgiveness on the cross, completed the work of atonement for humanity in the world, and now he blesses those who have done him wrong by offering them peace. Hey, what love is that? Whatever it is that you are going through, whatever doubts it is you may have, or anything in your life that you want to try to stay hidden from God, understand that He forgives you. 
Whatever it is that you are determined to hold on to, give it to him. The third thing Jesus does is he physically breathes the Holy Spirit upon the disciples. With that breath comes the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. With that breath comes the peace of Jesus' blessing and the ability to do what he commands and describes. That being we need to be instruments of forgiveness and peace in our world. Receiving the Holy Spirit means receiving power for a new life. I came across this in one of my commentaries. It says, The action of our Lord he breathed on them is one that stands completely alone in the New Testament and the Greek word is nowhere else used. On no occasion but this do we find the Lord breathing on anyone. What does it symbolize? Why was it used? My belief is that the true explanation is to be found in the account of man's creation in Genesis. There we read, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Just as there was no life in man until God breathed into him the breath of life, so I believe the Lord taught the disciples by this action of breathing on them that the beginning of our new life in him is not until we have the Holy Ghost planted in our hearts. The first symptom of returning life when a man is recovered from drowning is his beginning to breathe again. To set the lungs breathing in such cases is the first aim of a skillful doctor. God's breath gives life to that which is dry and dead, and this is revival. Receiving the Holy Spirit means receiving power for a new life. For the disciples, for you, for me. Power for a new life. And a new life that has as its beginning and end worship of our Lord. Friends, Jesus' encounter with the fearful, guilt-ridden disciples is a model of what should happen every time we gather together in Jesus' name to worship God. Jesus comes into our midst and speaks to us by his word, and then applies the gospel of peace to our souls, and breathes his Holy Spirit upon us, commissioning us to go forth as servants of the gospel. The authority Jesus gave the apostles to pronounce the forgiveness of sins is extended through the church by the preaching of the gospel. Where can we go, friends, with certainty, for the assurance of pardon and forgiveness of our sins. Not to the things we do. Not to the idols in our hearts. Only by believing the gospel of God's grace can we fully expect to hear Jesus say to us, Peace be with you. Do you want peace? Do you want forgiveness? Do you want strength? Do you want joy? Do you want hope? Do you want a new life? free from anger or jealousy or fear or guilt or feelings of inadequacy, receive the Holy Spirit. Take a breath. Take His breath. Receive the Holy Spirit and find your entire life transformed because in addition to a new life, there's another gift that comes as part of receiving the Holy Spirit, and that is knowledge and understanding. When Jesus breathed on them, 
and gave them the commission to go out and be agents of forgiveness and peace, he also conferred on them a degree of light and knowledge of divine truth, which up to that time they didn't have. They had been lacking in it up to that point. I mean, how many times have we read that even with all their faith and love towards Jesus, how many times do we read in the scripture about how ignorant they were at times of what Jesus was trying to teach them? Including who he truly was and the necessity of his death and resurrection. Now, he says, I give you the spirit of knowledge. Receive the Holy Spirit and open your eyes and see all things clearly. You say, wait a minute, you didn't read that. I didn't. That's in Luke's account of this exact same situation. In Luke chapter 24, 45, when Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit on them, he says, he opened their minds to understand the scripture. Light was the first thing made in creation in Genesis. Light in the heart is the marks or the beginnings of a new creation for us. And as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, 15, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot receive God's truth. When I stand up here every Sunday and I tell you the truth that God loves you, that God wants you to repent and believe the good news, that God promises to be there, that God promises peace and forgiveness, that God wants everything we think, say, and do to glorify Him, and that in so doing, we can live the abundant life that God wants us to. Do you believe it? Because every word of it is in Scripture. Every word in this book contains all the necessary things to reveal Jesus as the Son of God and the Savior of all who trust Him. All of it is revealed to us more and more as we are more and more ready as we turn more and more of our lives over to the Holy Spirit. Friends, I've had this Bible ever since I started seminary in 2013. It's 10 years old. It's highlighted in all kinds of colors. It's got notes in the margin. It's got underlines here and there. All is evidence of things that have been revealed to me over time as more of my life is turned over to the Holy Spirit. Now understand this. I don't get it right all the time. I got plenty of things that I say, plenty of things I think, plenty of things I do I need to repent of. I don't get it right all the time. And I don't know everything in there. And I don't understand everything in there. But I know more than I did yesterday. And I stand before you this morning much happier than at any other point in my life, more content and more at peace because I have found light and life in the Holy Spirit. Light and life in the Holy Spirit. That's what I want for you. I want that for everybody in this room and everybody watching us online. I want everybody in this church, I want everybody in this community so saturated with the Holy Spirit that all you see is light and life. Light and life. Light and life. Do you want life? Do you want life? Take a breath. Take his breath. Receive the Holy Spirit.
Let us pray. Lord, take away that which is mine, which is all temporary and bad, and give me that which is yours, which is eternal and all good. You are called Christ. Anoint me, therefore, with your Holy Spirit. You are called a physician. According to your name, heal me. You are called the Son of the living God. According, therefore, to your power, deliver me from the devil, the world, and the flesh. You are called the resurrection. Lift me up, therefore, from the terrible state where I lie. You are called the life. Take me out of this death where through sin I find myself detained. You are called the way. Lead me, therefore, from the vanities of this world and from the filthy pleasures of the flesh unto heavenly and spiritual things. You are called the truth. Help me not to walk in error, but to tread the path of truth in all my doings. You are called the light. Put away, therefore, from me the worlds of darkness, that I may walk as a child of light in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. You are called a Savior. Save me, therefore, from my sins according to your name. You are called Alpha and Omega, both the beginning and the end of goodness. Begin, therefore, a good life in me, and finish the same until the glory of your blessed name. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.